Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna debut uh, what I hope is our new theme. Mo- but I did I do maintain. I think you're not gonna like it. I do not think you're gonna want this to be our theme. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to find it. I posted it into Discord. Oh, we got a lot. We got a lot going on in here, though. No. What is that? It's. Oh no. Are they? They're here. They're here. Everybody, honey, hide. Oh my god. It's the time. The dismal time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't like it. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I mean, call it, call it, call it what it is. This is your show now. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, of course. This is. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't paid a fucking dollar towards this thing in three years. Oh, that's true. You look at it like that. Yeah, I can whatever theme song I'd like. I'm just. I'm. I'm the. I'm the guest. I'm. Uh. I'm the. Um. The. The Ed McMahon to your uh, to your Carson here. It was uh, it was born oh, of, of oh, me oh. trying this new. Uh, I guess somebody just hit a home run or something. I don't know what that. Fo- oh, was that your Ed McMahon? That was that was my Ed McMahon. <laughs> I just like I've never seen Ed McMahon. I didn't immediately get that. Um, well, he was off air. I think hardly my fault. When, when did when did Carson retire? Nineteen ninety. Yeah, I was there about. Uh, Carson last. Last episode. When men were men, and also uh, misogynist. More misogynist. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, um, 1982. So, so yeah, we were both... Um, we were on our way to turning five. Yeah, don't remember. We were both, we were both four years old at time of air of that. So, no, I don't remember. Um, but But for some reason, it's very important to me... To know about everyone who was ever on television um, between like 1968 and like 1990. The only – I remember seeing some like clip compilation of it, uh, Johnny Carson, and he – I could even be conflating with somebody else. But he had some like lady who had these like potato chips that looked like famous people that she had been meticulously collecting her entire life. And and he like – like averted her attention. She's like, "What's that over there?" And when she turned her head, he had like a separate bowl of potato chips, and he took a huge bite out of one. And like, she whipped her head back around at him because she thought he was eating one of his potato chips. It sat with me like my entire life. I think I saw that clip when I was eight, and I've thought about it once a month f- for the rest of my life. You know, I. There's a bunch of things that I, I saw. Like, uh, number one, I th- have we talked about it on the show about like watching episodes of Real Sex before you should have? <laughs> uh, I never watched Real Sex. I for I used to watch like Undressed, and I knew I wasn't allowed to watch that when I was watching that. <laughs> Undressed. I, someone made the point 
uh, on an episode of Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe, um, someone I, I if uh, <laughs> it might have been Stuart Lee actually, because um, of course it would. Um, talked about the show Skins, which is very similar to to, to Undressed. It's basically the same show. And talked I about think that's how what it was based that, off. Yeah, watching that as a teen, like is only going to make you feel more alone and more alienated because you're nothing like these people. Like this is the, these are the teenagers who are at parties and having sex and having fun. And like, that's not you. And just like, I didn't want to watch this shit. Like I, I would watch episodes of it and I would just, uh, yeah. And, and feel very alienated from what I was seeing. This told me uh, skins uh, undressed undressed told me nothing about my life. Yeah, no, undressed didn't tell me anything about my life. It was about college kids. And I was like 10 or 11 or 12 or something. So I was anyway, just be like, this is what college is going to be like. I'm going to have to talk for six and a half hours before I get laid. I uh, was watching an episode of Real Sex, and it was just like some sort of uh, fetish thing where people were just covering themselves in food. And I just remember being horrified by a, like a woman dumping like big beans all over herself. And like, I still hate it to this day. And baked beans, you know, uh, I like the British kind and the, the tomato sauce. I don't really like the American. I don't like the sweeter American kind. I don't know um, if beans I've had in general. I'm very positive on beans as a whole. Um, however, um, I think it put me off forever of the idea of food ever being related to sex in any way. I want nothing to do with that. Well, now that you're saying this, I'm reminded of and that. And luckily it didn't ruin beans for me because beans are great. But it, <laughs> but but the idea of like any sort of food being involved with sex, no no interest ever. Disgusting. Get it out, out of here. I, I think cool. an English breakfast is something I would really enjoy but I've never had. I think it would be uh, great I just remember, like go somewhere and just like, give me the full English, baby. Let's have it. It's a great breakfast. And I, I remember somebody writing about it um, and saying – that it, it doesn't really have a place in modern society just because of how bad it is for you. Um, but they said, <laughs> you know, 150 years ago, you ate 3,000 calories for breakfast and burned 3,000 calories by lunch or died when the mine collapsed. Yeah, that seems... Completely... <laughs> and that's, and that's just what it was. No, that's the dream, is to be able to eat whatever the fuck you want because you're going to be dead at 46 anyway, whether you were vegan or not. Like, Tom Brady's got a year left. I think Seth just said his retirement plan is suicide, and you know what? I think that's true for basically all of us at this point. <laughs> the the one institution that yeah, been... at seven seven oh four this evening, Seth said my retirement plan is suicide. I, I did see that actually. Uh, yeah, the uh, oh, well, now I lost my train of thought because the Phillies tied the game. <laughs> By the way, the the reply to that is Matt saying, "I wish I could go back and tell fresh out of college Mia that I would have so much more money right now if I simply didn't invest." <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brendan, I gotta tell you, it's been a it's been an incredible uh, last few days for me. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a little while. Um, everything is happening in, in soccer. I gotta tell you. Barcelona have been knocked out of the Europa League by Eintracht Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Mike uh, moment there. It kicks ass. I got it. Like Frankfurt uh, brought thirty thousand people to Barcelona, twenty thousand of whom somehow managed to get tickets. And Barcelona players and management and everyone are complaining about the stadium's ticketing policies that somehow allowed this to happen. How there was like a 
um, Red Sox playing in Baltimore amount of <laughs> opposing fans in the stadium. And like, or, or like a, or, or like a Mets Marlins game, you know, where it's just like, this is a Mets home game. Yeah. The LA Rams come to mind. Yeah. Well, I, so, that always makes me so mad when they fucking like whine about it. It's just like, if it have, if it happens a little bit, you have no problem with it because you're selling tickets. But when your people don't show up, you're, you're pissed that other people are. Well, look. Also, or is it like scalping that they're raising the prices? I I don't know, but but it's it's Europa League, so this is like the European NIT. This is the second tier, your continental competition for clubs. For Barcelona, they probably see this as beneath them, um, but they sort of fell into this, I think, because they didn't qualify through the groups in the Champions League. Not uh, last year, no, they, they got like fourth they, or fifth. Well, uh, I think they still finished fourth last year but but i think that's enough to get you into the, the the champions league but if you don't finish top two in your group you don't go into the knockout stages and i believe that's what happened to them so but like third place teams drop into the europa league um so this is beneath them as they see it you know Lionel messi played there for what 15 years so they they, they don't want to they don't want to play in in this you know well who else is in this co- competition right now west ham rb leipzig no no, thank you. Um, so Eintracht Frankfurt see the Europa League. This is like their thing. They love it. Mostly because it's something that they actually like can compete for and come close to winning. And when they drew Barcelona last Thursday for the home leg or their home leg, there were 250,000 ticket requests. Uh, which is obviously much more than their stadium fits. Uh, and they put on, uh, the, the, had an incredible atmosphere, uh, ended it with a 1 1 draw. And even if they went and lost 3 0 today, it would have been seen as a, a heroic uh, performance by the team that is currently ninth in Germany against Barcelona. Um, again, who are past the peak of their powers, but have. Uh, somehow spent more money. They they took out an even bigger loan. They're like, I should like Barcelona because they operate financially just like I do. <laughs> and just like how, like how's your credit score? Like, what do you mean you're? What, what do you mean you have a seven eighty credit score now? Just like I took out a huge loan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't learn anything. Yeah, I have. I financially, I, I, I look, it looks like I know what I'm doing, but I don't actually have any money and I actually owe a lot of money for a long time. <laughs> I was reading something on my, my credit card, which I actually just, just paid off. I made like a concerted effort this year to, to pay it off. But like, like a few months ago, it was like, if you paid the minimum on your credit card, you would be paying it off for the next 17 years. And you would have accrued like six thousand dollars extra in payments. How do these people get away with this? This hardly seems fair. So, yeah, I mean, that was the onus for me paying off my credit card. By the way, so I I took out uh, to pull the curtain back here a little bit, and I'm not going (laughs) to lose the thread. We're going to get back to Barcelona, but and no, we're not. uh, See, Um, we had a uh, we had a, a training event at work so i've uh, i've been been drinking for two and a half hours but um i took out a loan a while ago refinanced 
uh, my debt. But of course, you know, that doesn't mean that you have money now. It just means that you don't have to. Uh, it means you're just not making minimum payments. You're, you're paying probably slightly more. Uh, but you know, you're, you're, uh, but it's more stable debt. Right. And it's going away. And it's not, a, it's not a curing, a curing interest. Uh, so I paid that off. It took three years. And then I sat there and went like, well, I've paid all that off. And in the meantime, I ran up another like $4,000 worth of credit card debt, just like trying to, some of it was stupid shit. Some of it was important. <laughs> things that i had to buy four thousand so dollars like, is not that much it's not that much especially because like you run into plenty of people who are in like seventy thousand dollars of credit card debt right i've kept mine under what five digits and that's good but it's gone it's now not, it's all gone now it's all gone it's zero See? now so i so i refinanced a second time you and i are such good pay pigs man we're great at this yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, uh, so I, I now only owe that. And then I guess I, I owe like $400 on a different credit card. But that's because I got I got suckered into um, uh, a welcome bonus. I'm like, I got to spend $1,000 to get this welcome bonus. And then I'm just like, well, I'll get around to that. But anyway, Barcelona uh, have taken owed an incredible. They're like $1.5 billion in debt. An inconceivable amount of money. It's much more than the $4,000 I owed, which is much less now, by the way. And I financed the, uh, the MacBook that I'm talking to you on right now. And that's almost paid off. Interest-free. Damn. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, Goldman Sachs. Steve Apple. Goldman Sa I can't believe I have a Goldman Sachs line of credit. <laughs> that's what the Apple you're, card is. You're the fucking problem, Mike. Yeah, scum. But no, it, it it if you just if you actually make the payment every month, you don't pay interest. And they gave me the option of paying off this MacBook one hundred and eight dollars a month. And a properly taken care of MacBook Pro should last you seven years. They do last a long time. And you look at you drinking rosé like one of the fat cats. That's right. One I'm simple call to Daddy Warbucks at Goldman Sachs. And here you are in your luxurious Brooklyn apartment, drinking pink wine. That's right. With my, with all my fucking catering money. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Congratulations on that job. Thank you. I did you so do it? Money. Yeah. It's over, right? How was it? What did you? It was, was it, great. Uh, it seems like I, the kind of thing you would really excel at. I loved it. Uh, so I, we, uh, I work at a liquor store for those unaware. And uh, there are catering companies who don't have their own liquor license um, and they will buy stuff through us. And um, in this particular instance, um, it's not always the host of the party who hires the catering company. In this case, a, an actual party planner hired uh, the, the catering company and the woman who runs it said uh, the people hosting this party are interested in having a uh, sort of you know wine expert for the event um i think that's beyond any of the bartenders that i have um can uh, uh, uh do you have anybody that could fill this role and it was offered to me and i instantly said no <laughs> what <laughs> I the fuck would you say no to that 
well, right, well, I didn't know. I didn't know how much money I was going to get paid. Um, and and uh, uh, so I, I had some time to think about it, and I've been hemorrhaging money. And then it was just sort of like described to me exactly what it is, and they they're just like, oh well, you know, it's it pays sixty dollars an hour, and that covers like some of your travel time and all that, and just like it's a Saturday, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, so I did have to wake up at six thirty on Saturday morning. I missed Arsenal lose to Brighton, uh, which in the end, I'm pretty happy about that. Didn't really want to sit through that. Um, and uh, I had a great time uh, hanging out with uh, the catering team. It's it's a lot like Party Down if you're interested. Uh, everyone's an actor. Yeah, really? um, most of that, uh, most of them are gay, uh, which means that through uh, many conversations that I had, uh, like. You know, I, I, I'm something of a of a shrinking violet, you know, around people that I don't know. I've never and heard that phrase before. You've never that's that's a. Now I gotta look it up to a shrinking uh, to, violet. Yeah, an exaggeratedly shy person. Is the definition. This okay. Is, this is there's more. You there's keep a lot your, of you source, keep your uh, your wine. Uh... Your wine kind of backhanded insults that you call people or whatever. This is no, I'm not describing myself. You with your your moneyed people making fun so, of poor people like this. So in the van, like there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, the, the they're they're talking about the about drag queens a lot and about uh, about who's busted and has passed it and needs to retire. Which, by the way, is very funny to me. Like <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. But it's it's really funny that drag queens are being discussed in like sports, uh, like sports talk radio, uh, sort of conversations. Uh, one of my fr- who, first just, friends like, at my last job in New York City was a drag queen, and it was it was always very. I I used I honestly loved hearing him talk shit about the other drag queens. It was I I could do it f- for hours. Now that I think of it, maybe he had a different idea of what this relationship was, but. <laughs> It was very funny to hear him talk about the drag queens. I I I loved it. I genuinely had such a great time just listening to all this, especially because like all of them were just going into uh sort of war stories about what's happened to what's happened to them in Provincetown, um, uh, which, which is of course like the uh one of the uh, uh gay vacation destinations, summer destinations. Where is it? Uh, in Rhode Island, isn't it? Hmm. Massachusetts. Excuse me. The uh, and again, it's, not, it's coach, the, nor- so- the northern tip of Cape Cod, but I think, uh, okay. but it's uh, um, but th- it was a uh, tremendous time. Just one guy in the the front of the van, just going like, I guess the sluttiest day of my life was Fourth <laughs> of July, twenty nineteen. It's like I just walked up to a party going on in this one house and it was, you know, just sort of come one, come all. <laughs> it's just it's so funny that, that that it's not like because it's just it's all very matter of fact. It's not like, you know, the way that like a, uh, like you'd expect like a straight man sort of like bragging about it or something or uh, uh, like it, it's just Gay people get much more ass than than straight people by some margin. So it's they're having a, they're having such a better oh time than I am, and not not just sexually, just like in general. 
Yeah, just top to bottom. Although, bro, <laughs> like, there's, uh, I, yeah, there's, I don't know. I think I, uh, I, I also, I just, I, uh, lack the confidence to live that way. Not in a closeted way. Not like I, oh, I wish that were me. <laughs> I just, well, all right. Coming out on the show. Take it on the trip. This ride, my time spent in the catering van has made me realize a few things. <laughs> I spent, but no, they were they were forty-five all... minutes with uh, six gay men, and now I think I'm also gay. Five gay men. One was, uh, well, one one was straight. Two, counting myself. You keep leaving yourself out. <laughs> sat all the way in the back. Um, but uh, no, I had I had, a, I had a tremendous time. I was pouring wine for a bu- like. By the way, um, bartending when everything you're giving away is free, people treat you so nice. <laughs> I bet that like uh, and, and you know it's not like a it's it's not there's not a tip bucket out there or anything. It's just you're just pouring, and uh, uh, so people are just thrilled to just keep on coming and asking you for drinks and not have like the guilt of. Not, not this like I, I tipped 20 earlier, actually, like none of that. It's just it's paid for. It's done. And like I told a guy that like it uh, it was 12 to 5. It ran a little long. And um, and one guy came up just like, you have any more of the red? I'm just like, I can open another one. And he's just like, no, 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 no. I'm like, it's all paid for. I'm like, the, all of this is like this is here to be poured. It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not trying to save money here. Yeah, you're not, like, you're if not, you want, this, this is you. You are the guest at the party, and and me even suggesting that it would save money to <laughs> to not open this would would be like terminable. So just like <laughs> <laughs> so you what literally anything you want, I'll mix them together. But I don't care. It's whatever you want. Yeah, now you actually have to take the wine. At this point, if you walk away from this table without taking a glass yeah. of wine from my hand, I'm gonna look like a big bitch. Yeah, I gotta call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the captain over here. I'm gonna make him call <laughs> his boss, and it's gonna be a whole thing. Because I have to clear my name now because of what you because you refused to let me open this bottle for you. And now it's like, oh, he wouldn't open that for him. Well, he said that they, it was the last one. That's what he said. That's why your man didn't want to open that wine for me. Anyway, um, what else happened trend, this week? Baseball's time. back. No. Hey, I said that I would come back to Barcelona, and I am. Oh, Barcelona with one twice. Point. Keep going. Go ahead. One and a half you billion told me dollars in debt. You, well, uh, so they took out a, a, a loan that covers that. I was listening. You see that? There, there's a there's a Tifo video about this that I've just watched. Um, they also, um, much like with my MacBook, uh, their their loan is through Goldman Sachs. Uh, but the thing is, they got to start like eventually they're going to pay this money back. And if they just keep spending it on players and handing these players gigantic contracts, um, I don't know how they do that. It'll probably all work out for them because like nothing good can ever happen. Like ideally, Barcelona would cease to exist tomorrow. That I would I would love. <laughs> how long do, do they have to pay it back? I don't know. That's that's not it's very clear, important but, part of it. But Barcelona, they'll never have to pay that all back. It's not. Gonna that, oh, they'll just roll I, it into I, another one and into another one and into another they'll one. Figure out a way. 
one and a half billion, and then another three years, they'll get like uh, three billion and roll whatever they owed left back into that three. Billion. It's just like gonna keep stacking. Nobody gives a shit. Money now, fake. money is fake, especially if you have it. I have no idea how rich people go broke. It's insane. <laughs> Hand me a million dollars, and see how I live the rest of my life. Yeah, I, you hear me a million dollars. I will find, like, even just, like, through uh, making that, like, improve, like, 5% year over year, like, I, I will find a way, like, I will find a way with an actual million dollars, not before taxes. Give me, give me $1 million, and I will, I will find a way to live off that forever. Let's do, yeah, the dismal tide. I nearly, li- I, I lived off stimulus checks, uh, <laughs> for like i had like a great two years i i i had money to burn for a long time that brief few months well it must have been like backdated to march through what like august in 2020 when they were well that was my my motorcycle you have to get rid of that post uh yeah when they were paying i was getting unemployment and i was getting the stimulus checks and i was making like I think I was making more than I was working, and it was just great. I was just at oh, home smoking God. weed all day, just trying to pass every day. After like two or three months, it was like tunnel vision. It was awful. After like a month or two, I was just like, come oh, out of I, my hole. I don't debate that. However, what like I like I I'm sure that it's it took an emotional toll, like never leaving the house. But considering I was going to work. My 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 take home. I could pay, never complain about anything around you. I was like, my oh, going no. to work. I can't. Well, I can't no. say that this sucks. Oh oh, if I were, I wouldn't care if I were making what you guys were making on unemployment. My take home pay is. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> we don't need guys, to do that, Mike. You, I'm gonna get you, rid of that for you. You can you can you can you can bleep that out. But but what you what you can <laughs> leave in is the U and Z. We're bringing home nine ninety one a week in unemployment, and I was just like, and I I had to think hard about it just because like we're a business of eleven people, and I'm just like, okay, well, if I like, I'm like, if we all go away, I'm like, will there be a job to come back to? Like that's uh, I just I thought about it just like we like we have to sort of preserve the business because otherwise, who knows? But. But I was, but but there was like nearly four hundred dollars that I was missing out on a week for like five months. Yeah, they really fucked over the uh, I, the essential workers. I also would have been double pissed. Oh, uh, if I were you, because especially they called uh, you an, uh, an essential worker and like no, uh, fa- you sell wine. Like you weren't essential. You were essential oh, to people's like buzz. Now, granted, by the way, um, I w- the work was paying for Ubers. Uh, to and from every day and um and like for two months we had the door locked we were pickup and delivery only so like we weren't even wearing masks in like uh like it, like uh april and may uh i think we finally reopened the doors at the end of may maybe june um we we were we were all just we we're just hanging out you know <laughs> like there was there wasn't really anywhere to go by lunch, um, but we were just we, we were just hanging out and uh, there wasn't that much work to do and no one was wearing masks. 
and it like it it did sort of keep a level of uh a sanity that i think a lot of people lost when they were just totally isolated where i'm just like i just uh it just like I get in the Uber and I, I put my mask on and roll the window down the back and I hope that this guy doesn't kill me and he probably thinks the same about me. And uh, and then I get there, <laughs> take the mask off and everyone just goes, no, we trust each other. And uh, and we just sort of hang out. It's not bad as, it, as work goes. It was it, it was all right. And like the halal cart was open and uh, I ate a lot of Boca burgers, as I recall. Man, we had parents out of out of my workplace for a really long time, like way longer than you would have thought possible. And we just let them back in like two or three weeks ago, like the customers, the paying customers. Before it was just like literally just opening the front door and just going like, all right, kid, get in here. Let's go. Mom's staying in the car. Bye. And it was great. It was great because the worst part of the job is the parents just staring at you. Well, yeah. You don't. I mean, they sort of want to know what they're paying for, but like at the same time, you very much don't, don't want them to see that. Yeah, and I'm also like beyond the point in my job where I feel like I, th- there's no proving myself really left to do at this point, you know. So just like I don't really need to care if you if you like what you see. Frankly, I know I'm good at it. Uh, what else? What else, Michael? Your uh, your Atletico Madrid have gone out of the Champions League. Yeah, they've been playing a lot of games this year at like exactly the moment I I, I go on work. Like there's there's a lot of three p.m. games, and I just I cannot watch a three p.m. game. Uh, so I missed it, and I heard that there was a fight, a dust up in the in the tunnel after. Missed that too. There there was. Um, um Pep Guardiola called Simeone a bitch or something to that effect. Well, okay, so big, big, Pep, big, big. After the after the first after the first game, Pep said they lined up in a five five zero formation, and he's like, since the beginning of time, it's been very very difficult to break down a five five zero formation. And the way that they chose to take that is like they're calling us like they're, they're calling us a bunch of like troglodytes. Like they're saying we're animals. That we're that we're just a bunch of apes. I like what Atletico do generally. Um, this sort of like psychotic thing about we have to suffer and like this is about like um, we're here to if we die it's okay but as long like we're gonna we're 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 dying for we're for glory. I will go down with this ship. Yeah, and they just. I will throw- didn't do it Wednesday like they they I mean I mean they they came out and um they uh, haven't looked good all year no uh but but early in the game Felipe uh jumped for challenge and Phil Foden and just like elbow through the back of his head uh Foden goes down was down for a while is bleeding out the back of his head and there was no yellow card for that And that's probably sent the message to the entire rest of the Atletico Madrid team that, like, that's the standard. Like, this is what we do now. Um, they they were looking for to see exactly what you could get away with, and as it turns <laughs> out, that that was a lot. It. Um, but in the end, like, they, they were just doing they were doing plenty of that, and like, if you're defending a lead and doing that, 
and you're just trying to like brutalize people, that's one thing. But they needed they needed a goal, and they just didn't do enough. Uh, in the second half, they got going a bit, um, and then uh, uh, Felipe again. Uh, he's on a yellow from a tackle that he made in midfield. He uh, sort of came through the back of somebody in like the kind of leave a little on way, like the ball's gone, but like, you know, you just like you, you follow through and just like let him know you're there kind of thing. He didn't get away with that because the referee probably realized that like Foden <laughs> is bleeding and I've made a mistake like that would probably should have been a yellow card. <laughs> he's been he's been he's had his face down for five minutes now and he's bleeding. Uh, I, I don't think that what happened was was something I should have allowed. So Felipe got a yellow card for the second one. And then he tackled Foden um, in what was probably clean initially. And then he swung his leg around a second time in like an unnatural way and caught him. Foden drops. Knowing what he's doing realizes that he's off the field while like making the most of this and then rolls onto the field because if he's on the field play has to stop uh and and in in that sense has out atletico atletico and uh savage comes over to like grab him lift him up and then an entire sort of like bust up happens where everyone is um, uh, uh, a lot of pu- uh, pushing, shouting, pointing, and um, Jack Grealish comes off the bench and is standing there arguing with Savage. And I believe what he says is, uh, "You're a fucking cunt, mate." And then Savage grabs Grealish's hair and pulls his hair. <laughs> Good. And here's the thing. And that's your Grealish boy's looked, hair. That is your boy. It is, it is. He's got a fucking deal with Gucci now. I'm happy for him, I guess. Me me too. Uh, uh and uh and and then and there was a lot of sort of like hold me back uh going on between both teams. They continued on to the tunnel. The actual police were in the tunnel separating and making sure City went to their uh but I don't know. Like I, I again, I love this sort of thing. Um, I like the way that Atleti do it. I like Simeone a lot. Uh, but you gotta actually like, if you need a goal, what are you doing? Yeah. I, so they came out in the second game playing five, uh, five, five zero. They actually they they had a couple good spells and like had some decent chances, but. Like they were just going for the like all like full violence sort of thing the entire time, and it's uh, it, it's not enough when like when when you actually have something to play for, like that I I think that sort of thing is fine if you're if you're defending a lead or you know like trying to like set a tone whatever, you know if you're if it's tied and you're playing for penalties like you just want to get the extra time or get the penalties whatever but if you're like if you're chasing the game then like you you have to score like if you don't score this is over and they didn't so i i I don't i don't really know what they're trying to do and now it's just like now now it's embarrassing for them whereas before it it, like this would have been an incredible triumph for like evil 
if they if they pulled it off. But 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 because they didn't, now it's stupid and embarrassing. Fine margins. That's the just... thing. Like Barcelona, Barcelona were 15 games unbeaten before today, and now they got dumped out of Europe's second tier competition uh, by Eintracht Frankfurt, a team that uh, uh, most Barcelona fans have never heard of. And now, like, if this when if this happened to Arsenal, and it has, by the way, they've been knocked out of the Europa League by Eintracht Frankfurt. There, people would be <laughs> saying Arteta. Team. Yeah, people would be saying Arteta's a fucking fraud. Get this, get the, get this fraud away from my club. Would say some fifteen-year-old in Indonesia who's never stepped foot in London, and neither have I. But you know what? I. <laughs> I but here's the but thing: you're I've, white. I, <laughs> I well, I'm not. I've been watching I, a lot of Deadwood I, lately. Well, well, so here's sorry. the thing. My most of my criticism of Arsenal fans from outside of England, even though I very much am one, I, I, I exclude myself and a lot of the Americans just because I never see any Americans and almost no English. I would say of if if there's a hundred of these replies. One of them is is British. Every time Arsenal posts about uh, a, a charity um, or gay gooners or like the Rainbow Laces campaign or something like that, every single homophobic post is from outside of the English speaking world. And so I've decided to hold that against all of these fans from a, from around the world. You don't see. They're they're uh in their when when they're posting about the Rainbow Laces campaign, it is not someone who was born in Islington. <laughs> Even though I'm sure there are there are almost certainly uh homophobic British and American Arsenal fans, the ones who are loudest about it are the ones five thousand miles away. I don't know what to add to that. Just that so gauntlet thrown, I suppose. So that so I, I look. There's a, there's probably a lot of good fans from all over the place as well. But but it's every year. Whenever like around Pride or what anything like that, it's it it is horrible the amount of shit that people reply to with this, and. It's all in broken English and it's all about like disgusting. Get this shit out of my club and just like it's not not your decision to make, man. Fuck you. This is the the foundation we built the show on is these reply guys. Yes. And that's the end. Like uh, there's. uh, Again, and I I don't want to be clear to not like completely absolve. And especially in America, <laughs> and actually, especially, uh, I, you know what? No, especially the UK, but also America. That no one hates trans people more than the British. That's that's clear. Is that? Oh, that's there's it's a whole cottage industry over there. They're they're just animals that like the and also the cheerleaded by like the entire like the Guardian, even though they employ like trans writers uh nikki bandini is trans and writes for guardian football but meanwhile all the opinion columns 
uh, are, are just people talking about, uh, oh, I don't want to ban this sick filth. Get it out of my bathroom. Well, as I understand it, trans people are Slytherins. And Harry Potter have, would uh, absolutely listen. hate. Harry Potter was not a Slytherin. I he would have hated right, trans people. I work uh, right by the Harry Potter store. <laughs> when did that come in? At 22nd and 5th. Uh, I don't know. I, I wish it would sink into the ground. But And I, I walked know, by. I, I didn't like, know there was I one. saw a guy. There was a guy in a Toulouse rugby shirt outside. And I just and like I wanted to say something to him. Just like, ah, Toulouse. And just went, he's waiting outside the Harry Potter store. I don't want to engage with this man. And it wasn't Toulouse rugby. It was probably like Gryffindor. No, it was Toulouse. What colors? It was, it was, I recognized the crest. I bet this motherfucker was a Hufflepuff, Mike. It's a red shirt. Uh-oh. It's the TS. It kind of looks like a, uh, it reminds me of like the, the, the twins logo. Okay, maybe it was. I was hoping that you got like a like a Hufflepuff shirt mixed up with. No, it was it was it was absolutely Toulouse rugby. She's <laughs> very like wander into the Harry Potter store. She's like, wow, I like these, I like these uh, the colors on these rugby kits. Let's go check these out. Maybe buy yourself a little wand. What is? I don't understand why there's a Harry Potter store in New York City. There's no connection to Harry Potter. With New York, except well, this a is also the sort of this is the sort of thing. Well, it, but but I mean, we're a tourist hub. People from all over the world loves Harry Potter, love love Harry Potter, so they are already here. But why is there an M and M store? You know, yeah, or there was. I think it's gone. But but point is, this is the sort of thing that you know, twenty years ago would have been in Times Square. And now, why uh, it's, in, or, or, it's or only somewhere, in Square uh, now. you know. And, and it's flat iron. It's, it's it's crept all the way down into what used to be a per, uh, used to be a nice neighborhood. <laughs> the idea that yeah, it's big corporate stores that make these neighborhoods nice and un, not nice and unseemly instead of what just the criminal element. No, I want the criminals back. Keep your fucking M and M store. No, uh, sell meth. No, well the criminal el- the criminal element like. There's no there, there's no like fun seediness though is the, is the problem in New York. There's not like there's like the bad the, the, there's not like the bad neighborhood that is like you know it, it was in the the 80s, you know, where there's the sort like you know in the sort of like punk scene bad neighborhood where it's just like this is abandoned and it's just sort of like anarchistic and like you know there's you know you can squat in this uh this abandoned derelict building and live here and if you'd like you could start your own illegal show space here like everywhere in manhattan at this point is outrageously expensive and the only sort of like crime that's happening are just people who have been left behind so it's just like uh people who are, are just addicted to heroin now and are somehow like living uh, in neighborhoods where all the apartments are four thousand dollars. Like they may have until recently lived in a place there and just like, or were in like a rent-controlled place that was actually affordable to them, perhaps. And then uh, you know, the the grip of drugs uh, sort of made them sort of uh, lose their footing a bit. 
and then they got behind on rent. They've been evicted, and now they're just on the street. And they've lost what little they possibly could add because it's completely unforgiving. And now they are on Delancey Street banging on your window while you're waiting at a red light. Not my window, of course. I don't own a car. Uh, this so, uh, this this reminds me of this week I was uh, became incredibly aware that my landlord is really going to jack the price of my rent up this year. And, uh, I'm concerned about that myself. I'm not it, sure what's going to happen. It was uh, brought. It was brought to light because my downstairs neighbor moved out. I had quite the week with my landlord, frankly. My downstairs neighbor moved out like last week, and the place is shit. Like the downstairs place, it's not like falling apart, but like I looked at when they bought this place. It was probably like I think they bought this place in like 1996 or 1995 or something like that. And clearly, all the appliances were bought then as well, which is just like it's too long. You can't have a, you you know, you can't have a twenty five year old fridge. That's ridiculous. Um, but I asked. He was just like, "Hey, any of your friends want to rent this place? Like, I'm open to it. Just let them know." And I said, "Yeah, how much should I tell them a month?" And he said, eleven hundred. I was like, and I made a face. And he's like, "That's the market rate now." And I was just, I was like, "Okay, man." And he's like, "What? You don't like it?" It was like. Dude, we don't have a like a fucking doorknob on the front door. Like, you, <laughs> you, you lock the thing, and like, there's two doors, and one of them locks. But even that, like, the fucking thing is unreliable. But the the literal front door, there's no doorknob on it. You can lock it closed and just push it open because it's a double door. But like, he, uh, I said that it was like we don't even have a fucking doorknob. There's no heat. There's no air conditioning. There's no laundry. You're charging eleven hundred dollars a month in Mount Holly for that. And and he was just like, what do you mean you don't have a fucking doorknob? And I was like, you go outside. And I said, like, we went and did this together. You go outside. I'll close the door. You have a key. Open the door with the key. And I'll and I'll say I'm sorry. And I'm, I'll walk away. And I would close the door. And I was just, like, standing there. It's like, you can't do it. I know you can't do it. I fucking live here. Um, Yeah. And then, like, probably eight, ten hours later. After he had asked me which storage unit was mine, they went into my storage unit and installed my both of my air conditioners in the empty apartment, like into the windows. So I came home and I was like, well, that's weird. That apartment's empty, but there's air conditioners in the window. And I immediately checked my storage unit and they were gone. Um, so expand on that. Which part? So you're, so, so you're, the, the air conditioners have been stolen from your storage unit? I, I now have them back. Uh, it was done out of ineptitude, not revenge, I'd imagine. Well, um, okay. But, like, my landlord's also a creep. He only messages he, – he'll only call me when he can block his number. Like, I don't have his number. Uh, that's that's very – that's disconcerting. Yeah, I don't have his number. We have to we have to communicate through the, uh, the ANCDI Properties website. And, like, they're usually pretty quick about responding – but in this particular case, I, I sent them a thing. It was like, hey, you guys, like, after we had our argument this afternoon, you took my air conditioners and installed them in somebody else's apartment. What the fuck, man? I didn't say what the fuck. I was like, you, you clearly, like, either made a mistake or are trying to get back at me. What happened? And the next day he responded with whoops. And then I didn't hear from him for two days, <laughs> to which I was just sending a message every, like, eight or ten hours. Like, when you, he was like, whoops, I'll leave the apartment open. I was like, no, you're taking these out of the wall, my man. No. Like, take them out, bring them back to where you found them. Uh, and and I, two I days not... later, they didn't respond to me for two days. And then he calls me when I'm at work. 
And he's like, I'm taking him out. Where do you want me to leave him? He's going to jack my rent up like 300 bucks a month. I yeah I I don't know what ours is. ours went up by a hundred, um, which is already like. I know that we all like our living situation was. We had five people in a four bedroom, which is we had a lot of people there, but it was generally fine. Generally, and I was paying eight hundred. I was paying eight hundred and sixty six dollars. Yeah, we were getting a deal. I'm paying ten thirty four now. For what? An apartment. Not enough. Not enough. An apart. Yeah. And it's a fine apartment. And it's a, it's a, a, in a great location. Although I don't really know what that means anymore because like most of New York is a great location. But my rent has gone up $168 in the space of two years. Not good. It's a substantial amount of money. Oh, no, uh, the reason I brought m- my landlord up is because I was looking up like what he could raise the rent. And the literal like New Jersey or Mount Holly law says that you can't raise the ma- the, the rent in amount that would quote uh, shock and uh, it was like something to the effect of like would shock the uh, uh, sensibilities of a normal person. That's like literally what it said in the law. There's no percentages. There's no numbers. It says you cannot raise the rent uh, enough that would shock. A person with normal sensibilities. Like, what the even fuck left, does that mean? Even left open to interpretation, though. If you asked, if we did Family Feud style, if you polled, we polled 100 people and asked them, what is the amount of money that you would be shocked if your rent went up? Anything over $100, I think, would would be, uh, like, right up. Like, $300, if, if it went up by $300, that's insane. No one that it's that's completely right, but then unre- it just comes down to that. Then it just comes down to who hears your case because that doesn't matter. Yeah. It matters who decides what is shocking and unreasonable. It's not me. I don't get. To and decide. It's, a, it's a it's a judge who lives in in Newtown, Pennsylvania, <laughs> in uh in, in an outrageous house, uh driving in and uh, libertarian, and, yeah, and and they don't care. Gotta, Libertarian, gotta, uh, low-level federalist uh, dude who uh, just thinks you should work harder. Oh, that said, Mike, I golfed today. I played nine by myself, uh, and I, I like easily broke fifty. I'm, I'm breaking a hundred this year. I, I would like to get out and golf. Yeah, you never get in there. Um, do you want to end the show? We We're now just show. talking about our, our rent. <laughs> He's just complaining about <laughs> rent. Anyway, I stand by my statement. I think I'll be back. To, I think the facts will support me. People might say like, oh, Mike is going on a tirade against the third world. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> saying that that saying that these um, that these Arsenal fans outside the English speaking world are, are, are being horrible. But I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's. I'm 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 deeply I'm deeply offended by what I'm hearing from Indonesian Arsenal fans. All right, they're deeply hom- they're deeply homophobic. I I don't know how to engage with this topic. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it is it Indonesia where they like where it's like 
punishable to be gay? Is that where am I thinking of? The Philippines. Uh, it's uh, I, I believe that's the Philippines. Although I don't know if it's better in Indonesia necessarily, as it is a uh, it, it is an Islamic country. Although I don't think there's an official religion in Indonesia, but it's majority Muslim. So I would say that the great majority of uh, of inhabitants um, don't look kindly upon it. But I don't think that it's not it's not an Islamic like republic. It's not like um, you know, it's not like Saudi Arabia over there. I don't think I have to look into this. I don't know. <laughs> We're sounding a lot of stuff out this week on the Dismal Tide. That's right. <laughs> We'll see how it feels later in post. All right. Bye, everyone. I tear my heart open. I sew myself shut. My weakness is that I can't do much. And my scars remind me that the past is real. I tear my heart open just to fail. Drunk and I'm feeling down. And I just want to be you came around why don't you just go home cause i channeled all your pain and i can't help you fix yourself you're making me insane all i can say is i tear my heart open i sew myself shut and my weakness is that i can't do much and i You never realized that you're drowning in the water So I offered you my hand Compassion's in my nature Tonight is our last stand I tear my heart open I sew myself shut And my weakness is That I can't do much And our scars remind us And I'm feeling down And I just want to be alone You shouldn't ever come around Why don't you just go home Cause you're drowning in the water And I tried to grab your hand I left my heart open But you didn't understand You fix yourself, but at least I could say I tried. I'm sorry, but I gotta move on with my own life. I can't help you fix yourself, but at least I could say I tried. I'm sorry, but I gotta move on.